if you take the scriptures today at face value, they seem almost insipid. We heard the Acts of the Apostles, and that's that reading that continues right through the Easter season because it shows the early actions of the Apostles, the early church. And we hear a little controversy going on here. Now, the Apostles are doing good. They're, they're converting people, and the, con the convert invitation is going beyond the Jews. So here, the Greeks are being mentioned. So God's word is coming through the Jewish community and going to the world, in this case, starting with the Jews. As a matter of fact, when some of them are named, Stephen, Tim, Timion, Parmenes, they're all Jewish names. Why were they chosen? Well, and this is interesting, the Hellenists, who are Jews already converted, or people of the Hellenistic area, they're complaining against the Hebrews because their widows were not being given proper, equal distribution of food. Now you realize the early church starts by charity. When they met together, they prayed, but they also did things. They were charitable, and one of the charities was taking care of the widows. In the time this was written, widows had no rights. If you were a widow and you had no inheritance from your, your husband or your children had no money, you were on the, on the dole. You were on the, the mercy of the community. So the apostles knew that. So there was extra care for those widows because they were extra needy as well as orphans. So they, they make an assessment that says, well, it's not right that our people should get more food than those people. They're all part of our community now. And that sort of hit the apostles, and they said, you know what? How can we, now that we're talking about the apostles, who are committed to preaching the word and conducting the table, when you hear that, it's mass, the earliest form of mass. How can we take time to go feed the poor? And the Holy Spirit has an answer for them. Filled with the Holy Spirit and wisdom, the apostles come up with a solution. We're going to devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word, preaching. But we're going to choose people from among you will continue the ministry. See, the twelve were twelve, diminished right after Jesus' death. They were already diminished, and they're going. This is later in the development of the church. So we need people to carry on the ministry. The ministry of the Word, faith, Bible study, reflection on the Scriptures, and the ministry of food, works, balance. And that's our mission always to live out the mission of Jesus with our prayer and with our action. So they prayed to God and they nominated and created a new order of helpers. The word in Greek is called diakonia, deacons. 
So when there's a deacon in the church, his job is primarily to feed the people, distribute the food, while the apostles are celebrating liturgy and going out to preaching more. Okay, so that seems like, okay, so we're a church that started off with a little bit of a challenge, a lot of a challenge, but in this case, a little bit of a challenge, because we have to open up, we learned that we have to open our eyes up to what God wants from us. He wants us to pray, wants us to know the word, he wants us to gather at mass, but he also wants us to realize that we've got to take care of the poor and the homeless and the widows. So he nominates, through the apostles, people to do this. Now you'd say that's a very noble action, and it shows how the Catholic Church is the number one distributor of charity throughout the world. This is not a promo, but it, it's true. The Catholic Church gives more charity, and we don't go by denomination or color of the skin or the language people speak. We do just what the early apostles did. We go beyond our borders, and whoever has need, we reach out. In Paul's letter, he reminds us that doing that is very special because he calls us a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of God's own. So now we have our human challenges, and now we should be complimented and highlighted by the fact that God has made us not just people, a royal nation, a holy nation, people, Christians, set apart to do God's work. So now think of it as we do God's work, which is the work of the people, feeding, clothing, giving charity. We're also honoring God and how he blessed us, calling us a holy nation. So it's more than a, a right or a duty, it's a blessing for us to think of the poor, to take care of those who are in need. And of course, we're challenged. Oh, that's very true. We, we, we know it's all accurate. But we're also living in the 21st century. And the royal nation has diminished a great deal. Look around. We don't have a full church. We have a substantial community right now. And look at the church throughout the world, the Christian church throughout the world. We're a royal nation, a holy people, set apart to do God's will. But are we? As we turn our eye away from God and doing God's will, in his name, which means justice, taking care of poverty, feeding people, homelessness. As we take our eye away from God, we focus on society, and we allow society to take the reins for justice. However, if we're not acting like chosen people, if we're not acting like God's holy people, the mobs take over. 
This weekend's activities show that. The incident on the train, the subway in New York, not condoning any what happened, but we know what happened. A mentally ill person, and that's our responsibility as people and as Christians to take care of the mentally ill, to give them housing, medication, care. Their neighbors and us and their families are obligated to do that. But when we let a mentally ill person, and some of you have confronted mentally ill people, and sometimes, and I'm, I'm a family therapist, so I deal with mentally ill people of all shapes and sizes. If we let their mental illness take control of them, then they get outlandish. But if we sit by and just watch it and say, well, that's somebody else's problem, don't forget, we're the chosen people. We're the holy race. We don't sit by and let the government do our bidding. We should roll up our sleeves. We should be in the front lines of caring, of pursuing justice. But if we don't do that, then the mobs take over, as you saw this weekend. The mob took over and is taking over, protesting, screaming, shouting, hurting people in the, in, the, in the process. But wait a minute. They're supposed to be fighting for justice and goodness on behalf of the perpetrator as well as the victim. But no, mob psychology puts them on the subway tracks, takes over certain areas of the city, because the Christians are not there, visible enough, to intervene. We have not spoken loudly enough. So the mob takes over, and I'm not too sure who the motivation is behind mob psychology in our, our society. I think, in so many ways, Satan has a great tabula irasa. He has a great open ticket. The Christians aren't doing right, and their influence hasn't influenced the society enough. So Satan comes in there with his devious plans, and on behalf of the victim, creates more chaos and involves more chaos, and that chaos filters through society. See, Satan is devious. That's why we're a chosen people, because we have to constantly be praying and acting like Jesus told us to. Satan is devious. Satan gets into the hearts of people who are just little troublemakers and makes them great troublemakers. And Satan tries to get into our hearts too, we who practice the faith. I, I don't know what you do when Satan tempts you. My response is always, get behind me, Satan, because what I'm thinking has to be focused on Christ and Christ's works and Christ's words. And if what I'm doing or saying does not focus on the peace of Christ, then I must be following somebody else. And where there's chaos, and where there's lies, there's Satan, prince of lies, cause of evil. But society 
is so ill-informed by our Christian values that we just stand aside and we allow the mind of Satan to get into the influence of those who are do-gooders, those who think they're doing good. Doing evil is never good. It's an oxymoron. Doing evil is not good. Breaking, killing, pushing, burning is not good. Oh, but we have a good intention. The intention is to fight for the victim. No, it's not a good action. Want to fight for the victim? Fight for justice. Influence our government to really focus on housing for our mentally ill sisters and brothers, for those who are homeless and who, because of their chaos in their heads, sometimes become mentally ill. But no, we walk away, says God will do, the, you know, we pray to God, let him take care of it, or let the governor, the mayor, or our local representative take care of it. No. It's our responsibility. And just getting along with each other is not enough. Just getting along and being nice to each other is not enough. We're not deists. We're people who believe in Jesus Christ, resurrected from the dead, who has given us a mandate to love and serve one another and fight for justice and stand up for what is right and just and good. Doing, quote, good is not enough. Our good has to re reflect Jesus Christ. So our actions and our prayer has to come together. Then that, that good will give life. That good will be just. That good will feed the hungry and clothe the naked. But at times, we let the world take over. We let Satan take over. And we forget that this is the building, this church is solid building, the rock. Peter talked about each one of us being a very important stone in the family of Jesus Christ, in the church of Jesus Christ. Each one of us, integral and necessary, different sizes, different shapes, different colors, all necessary. Go back to the early, early church. Jews were taking care of themselves, but they forgot the Hellenists. They forgot the, the, the Greek widows. So we have to go back to scriptures. We are a holy church, a nation set apart. The more we work together and respect each other and give dignity to each other, the more we can reflect that in the world. And the world can see the people leaving this building, the church, the body of Christ, are Chosen, holy, and set apart to do God's will.